You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Nancy Dussault, replacement witch. Once upon a time. Hey, listeners, just a heads up that today's episode has a little bit of a audio differential between my mic and Nancy's mic. So I apologize for that, but I hope you'll bear with us because I'm very excited about this episode. Nancy Dussault played the witch for eight months during the original Broadway run of Into the Woods. Her previous Sondheim credits include the Broadway production of Side by Side by Sondheim and the acclaimed 1988 Michigan Opera Theater production of Follies as Sally. She made her Broadway debut as the final Maria in the original Broadway production of The Sound of Music and went on to receive Tony nominations for Bajor and for Do Re Mi, in which she introduced the standard Make Someone Happy. In addition to innumerable regional and stock credits, Nancy toured in Do Re Mi and years later in The Sisters Rosenzweig as Gorgeous Teitelbaum. She was a sought-after guest star during the golden age of TV variety shows and went on to wider fame starring on The New Dick Van Dyke Show and especially Too Close for Comfort. So beautiful. I am so happy to see you. I can't even get over it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. I, I was just listening to your interview with Chip before I clicked into you. Oh, thank you for listening. Well, Chip's so wonderful. That was such a treat to talk to him. Oh, I'm crazy about him, and I, I, I'm I, so happy he was still in the show when I went into it. Yes. Because I think he's amazing. I it, think he's just Great. Totally. I'm, I'm going to see him on Friday night, actually, in um, Harmony. The Harmony. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, but I... got great reviews. Yes, yeah. yes. Well-deserved, I'm sure. Well, I have to tell you, I mean, I have been a fan of yours as long as I can remember. I grew up watching Too Close for Comfort. And then when I was uh, uh, in junior high and becoming obsessed with musical theater, it was such a wonderful surprise that one of my favorite television actors was this... I had a huge Broadway career I hadn't known about when I was little. I just knew you as Muriel Rush. And then there you were... uh, I mean, the fact that career that you've had on the stage to have followed Mary Martin in The Sound of Music and Bernadette Peters in Into the Woods is mind-boggling. I mean, this really straddling all the eras. Yeah, it was funny. After I started doing uh, Too Close for Comfort, I started going out. My husband would produce and direct. We, we did shows every summer. And that was the constant thing I heard from everybody. Oh, you sing. How nice. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, for 30 years or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was great. And uh, I'm still sometimes recognized from Too Close for Comfort, which is really lovely. Of course, lovely. you look exactly the same. And um, you, you truly do. It's remarkable. And, uh, and also... But who cares? That show ran for so long because I guess it was in... Uh, it was on on primetime TV, and then it was in first run syndication, and then it was in reruns forever. I mean, just generations grew up watching yeah. that show. And yeah, we uh, we our show and Fame, I think, were the first two shows to do first run, not on the network. Uh, and the only reason we stopped was because Dear Ted got 
ill and yeah you know he passed away which god he was 61 god. I mean, when i think about that now it's really sad but i still am very friendly and i see them with the other three jimmy bullock and the two ladies y- yes Jimmy's well Deborah. we still are very we have a very close relationship which is really i don't think it's well, I think it is kind of exceptional. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would know you've done it all. I mean, it's funny, Deborah. I actually saw her speaking of Sondheim. Uh, maybe you saw it too. It was I saw her in company at the Long Beach Civic Light Opera. Like you know, no big whoop. Thirty years ago. <laughs> no, I did not see that. And we tried. We went down. I know to San Diego and some other places to see her because she's really quite the actress. Yeah. Uh, she left the show a year early, which was crazy <laughs> yeah um, she tried to leave earlier because she wanted to do other things and i said and she wasn't overly satisfied with what she was doing the tv show i said just stick it out another year or so just put that money away yeah plenty of time but she finally did well so leave. so let this is interesting because you know you're someone who started on the stage as i mentioned in The Sound of Music, you had been in the original Broadway run, unbelievably. It seems like, you know, another another eon. But that was an early uh, gig for you. And, of course, you're, um, you introduced Make Someone Happy in the original production of Do Re Mi with Phil Silvers and Nancy Walker, your first Tony yeah. nomination. And, um, it was a biggie for me, that show. And when I think about it, I mean, how number one, how lucky I was. And what it did for me but the people I worked with I mean Phil Silvers just and Nancy took me right under their wing and just taught me so much uh, how, how to be a better actress how to do everything uh, and they sent me out I was the one me and Davy Burns they sent us out to do all the publicity so I uh, it's funny because my husband is very into sports and I said you know when I was in that show I was sent to a luncheon, a Sports Illustrated luncheon. I'm not sure why. <laughs> and got to know all the biggies with Sports Illustrated. So they gave me tickets to every single sport event. Wow. In New York City. Wow. So I was, every, I was everywhere. That's amazing. That I could. Uh, you know, all kinds of little things like that and singing. I got to go down to the White House and sing. And, I, you know, it was talk about a, opening my eyes to the world in a whole other way. Sure. It was great. And I think it was one of the best experiences, of course, I ever had because it was new. Yeah. And uh, everybody came by to see Phil Silvers. Yeah. And everybody came to the show. Sure. Uh, you know, Leonard Bernstein was around all the time. Yeah. He was very good friends with Condon and Green. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one night I looked out and I went, oh, my God, there's Ingrid Bergman in the front row. Because when I sang that initial song, Cry Like the Wind, I was very, I was as far downstage as you could get. Yeah. So I really could read the crowd. Yeah. So it was, it was great. It was great. Yeah, and a Tony nomination to boot. Yeah, and began. then you got another one uh, when you were in the production of Bajor with Cheetah Rivera. And I know that in between you did um, Carousel yeah, at City Center and, yeah. and, the, and, and yeah. more of The Sound of Music. I mean, one of the things I'd love to get into with you is I think you were just a star in the golden age of um, Summerstock doing, it just seems like 
every musical everywhere. Um, and uh, But we'll come back to that because I know then in the 70s, you went out to L.A. and started doing television and you'd been in variety shows and stuff, but then you did the new Dick Van Dyke show for several years. Yeah, that was, uh, that was in the early 70s. Uh, and then they did a pilot for me, which almost sold. <laughs> Actually, you can find it online. Oh, yeah? Uh, called the Nancy Dusso Show. Uh, and it really was a cute show. I mean, it was about a woman who was in showbiz. Yeah. And on the episode they did, she gets to go on opening night for the star. But on that night, she also had just gotten married. So the show is to be every week. It would be the next day in the marriage. Oh, and wow. I wrote it and was going to, you know, oversee it. And, but they put on a uh, new series about black truck, truck drivers during the Second World War. Uh, I think they were anxious. I think the network was a little anxious about doing a show about showbiz. Really? That's too bad. That's too bad. I'm going to bring up something. My last time ever. Aren't you in Arizona? No, in New York. You're in New York? Yeah. Where did I get that you taught in Arizona? I don't teach. <laughs> God, I must have looked up another man. <laughs> I have, I've, hey, forget this story. Forget this story. <laughs> but okay, so, but you, you stayed in LA for a while. I mean, and of course, all those years on Too Close for Comfort. And, uh, and I know you said, you mentioned that you were in the summers, you were doing um, theater that your husband was producing and directing. Yeah, we did a lot of tours of, uh, I'm getting my act together, taking it on the road. Yes. I adored doing that. It was, it was the only time actually doing a musical that was really present time and talking about mm. women trying to assert themselves and be who they are and like who they are. I mean, it was it was a great experience. Yeah, I just loved doing it. Yeah, and that was how was. Um, I know that you did Follies uh, in Michigan in 1988. Was that the thing that led you uh, to work with Sondheim on Into the Woods? No. Uh, you know, when I I can't remember how I met Sondheim, but it was early on in New York. I was married at the time, and uh, I think I had met him. I don't know if it was through the auditions for Company, because I auditioned, oh, about 20 times. And never got in? And did the read-through for the part of Amy. Yeah. Which, at that time, was the biggest role. Yes. And I remember, I mean, George Firth, who was a friend, he kept saying when I auditioned, he said, be a little crazier, look a little crazier. I didn't, <laughs> but I did that read-through. And afterwards, I, t I told Hal Prince, I mean, people laugh when I tell them this. I said, the wrong person, you had the wrong person as the lead. Uh I mean, she wasn't technically the lead, but she really had probably the most to say and do. Yeah. So they they did rewrite it. They and then later, when I did not get the part, they sometimes said, "Well, it, it became so small, we didn't think you'd want to do it." Oh. Which makes you just. I know. I mean, I'm shocked they didn't they didn't offer you that. Um... Uh, later on then because it kept running or you know uh... no me too me too I uh, I don't know the Follies was also a great job because I worked with uh, Juliet Prowse yeah and 
this is one of those moments. I can't think of his name. Fabulous man, man singer. Was it Ron Rains? Yes. <laughs> and I always remember I uh, I showed up for rehearsal and it was a quite a large, dreary looking rehearsal room. And at the very end of the room, Ron was singing through something and I started to cry because he sounded like my leading man from Do Re Mi, John, and mm. I I got so emotional and I, I Afterwards, after he had stopped, you know, I went up to him and introduced myself, and I told him, I said, oh, my God. And he said, oh, yeah, when he got sick later, because uh, he had, got AIDS, Ron always replaced him. Oh, wow. Any job that he had. Uh, but he, you know, he's fantastic. And yeah. Juliet and Edie Adams and I, I remember, and boy, am I sorry that nobody was around to video this. <laughs> We all went out one night after the show, I think, and after the matinee, I think it was a Sunday night, so very few things were open in Detroit. Yeah. We ended up in a pool hall with just a few guys playing pool and we, these three broads sitting at the bar talking and laughing with Juliet telling us all her stories about Sinatra and wow. Adams. I mean, it was, and screaming with laughter. I mean, the bartender <laughs> was having a ball. He didn't, I don't think, knew, had a clue who we were. But yeah. But that was a that was a great production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, also uh, Thelma Lee and um, yeah. and I, oh, I see Tom Gilantic who was in Into the Woods with you. Yeah. But I realized I skipped over one of your Sondheim things, and it's one of the questions I wanted to ask you, which was that in the seventies you were a replacement in Side by Side by Sondheim. Oh, that was the best. I had just left uh, Good Morning America. Yeah. And luckily got a job immediately <laughs> uh, in the theater doing this, uh, yeah, which totally changed my life. Uh, when I had a, I, just a great time doing it, I loved Georgia Brown and Larry Kurt and mm. Hermione. I mean, it was what an amazing uh, cast. Quite the group, and Sondheim was around. He and Al Prince. I mean, it, and then. I was single at the time. One night, one of the stage managers said, we have a new stage manager. And I went, so that's lovely. He said, no, I think you'll like him. He said, he's a single and he's handsome and he's straight. <laughs> the big three. <laughs> the big three. <laughs> so I met him and I thought, well, that's not my type at all. <laughs> but eventually, I asked him out. Wow. He was very cool <laughs> at work and very laid back. He would bring me a cup of hot tea every night before the show. And, but finally, I really got curious, and uh, and we ended up getting married. So <gasps> that show did a lot. Oh, I want to backtrack a bit about Sondheim. Yeah. Like, like I was saying early on in my career in the 60s, I'm not real sure how we did get acquainted, but we were friendly. Yeah. And at that time, my first husband I was married to was in advertising and he very rarely asked me to do anything but I was a very good cook at that point and we'd have dinner parties and he always said why don't you invite Steve he loves to eat so he would come to my house for dinner he lived right down the street <laughs> and when I think of this later I go how did all that happen <laughs> and what I do remember and I talked about it in one of my acts that I did he I came out of the kitchen at one point he was talking to about three people and he was showing them his key ring that someone had given him and on 
hanging on it were three little round, they looked like records. Yeah. Discs. He said, these are my best reviews so far. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one was like nice lyrics. One was, well, it's okay. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. You know, so, uh, and just recently I went back and looked at reviews for his, for West Side and yeah. uh, Forum and some things to see, you know, what the reviews were. But, you know, I, I knew him always. When I went into into the woods, he came to quite a few rehearsals with me. Yeah. To coach me. And what moved me the most was when I sing, uh, when the witch sings Stay With Me yeah. to my daughter. Uh, he, I remember one day, because I was kneeling <laughs> with Maren Maisie, who was my daughter, mm. my daughter, and Steve is lying on the floor. And he kept saying, we got to know how much you love her. you got to let us see it. you got to let us know about it. And, of course, I'd read about his mother. Yeah. <laughs> which is not a pleasant story at all. But no. it, was, it was very moving to me because he, he really wanted the audience to feel that. Yeah. And, and, know, and know what that felt like. Uh, and I loved it that he, he was there so much. Yeah. Because you know, when you go into a show like that... Uh, I auditioned, yeah, I auditioned in L.A., and I remember uh, James Lapine was running the audition, and he said, can you sing this? <laughs> and he had me sing about seven bars of, it's the last midnight. Yeah. Uh, he went, oh, God, well, I guess you can. <laughs> he said, do you want to do it on the road? Mm-hmm. Or I would have made more money. Yeah. Uh, but I had an. I still had my apartment in New York. So. I oh, great. New York, it is, and because uh, you know when I first saw the show initially, what point did you see it? I've seen. I I didn't see it at all on Broadway. I I I um I was growing up in L.A. and I was very young. I saw it only on the video with Bernadette Peters. Ah. Because uh, when I first saw it with the original cast, and it was early on, I. I liked the show, but wasn't nuts for it. Uh, but I knew I had in my head knew that that was a part I could do. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> so it was always back there. So it, to get it finally and be in New York was thrilling. Uh, and they, you know, you have to learn it real fast. Yeah. I can't remember. I was going to say a week, but it probably was nine days, ten days. Yeah. But they had uh, an assistant stage manager with me every moment sure. for a good week or so because all the entrances were so fast and crazy. And uh, But, I, you know, of course, I finally got it. And, you know, the makeup man came in and I said, Jesus, this is fun. <laughs> uh, coming into the theater, instead of trying to be glamorous and wonderful, you just get as ugly as you can get. <laughs> I still have the uh, paper he gave me with the picture and where to put the makeup and eyebrows. Oh, and good. We can get you back in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this show. Uh, you know, there are many variations of singing Into the Woods We Go Again. Yeah. Uh, one night, I thought I was really on and doing great. And I was just, we were sashaying around and every, I was bumping into everybody. Uh, and afterwards, everyone said, you're doing the version of the second act <laughs> of 
this dosey doy instead of this act. Uh, I, I threw the whole stage in the total chaos. <laughs> and it, uh, it was, I, like I said, I was so grateful Chip was still in it. Yeah. I think Tom Aldridge was still in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who I loved. And uh, Fiona, his beautiful wife, did costumes for me in one show I did for Joe Papp. Mm. Uh, which was called Tr- Trelawney of the Will. Yes, in 1970. It was a brilliant production, and the newspaper strike kind of did us in, but mm. I got great reviews, and uh, I remember Jessica Tandy, and they came, came backstage purposely to meet me. I mean, I wow. I, I really couldn't speak. <laughs> yeah. When you meet people like that, you can't talk. Uh, it was great. Great, great, great. Uh, you know, and for the filming of Into the Woods, yeah. it was while I was in the show. That's right. Of course, they said, yeah, we're going to give you a paid vacation because, of course, Bernadette will come back in. Yeah. Uh, and I went, rats. But, of course, I, of course they would want that. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I wasn't that dumb. And then when my contract was up, I got ready to leave. And I knew that the show was going to be ending soon. So, unfortunately, I didn't mention this to anybody, that I was willing to stay. Yeah. Uh, and I left. And that's when Ellen Foley came in. That's right. The last month. She played like the last, was it even a month? Yeah, maybe less. You know, I'm not I, I'm, I'm not sure. Because I've got a playbill. Uh, with... I would have loved to have done it to the end. I would. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got a playbill uh, with you from January of 89, and I've got a playbill with you from August of 1989. And I guess yeah. it closed in, like, September, so. Yeah. Rats. <laughs> but but um, but that was a, a pretty good run. And I'm, I'm interested, like, so if you were living in L.A., how did it even come about that you auditioned for it? Were, were you auditioning for other shows? They came out to L.A. Yeah. To audition people because they were looking for people for the road company too. Yeah, obviously, you know, like because when Lapine asked, you know, if I wanted to do the rotor in New York, uh, you know, the most fun thing in that show, plus being playing a wacky woman, yeah, uh, was the change. I mean, that's when all of the theater magic, yeah, <laughs> is at its best. To, Come zooming down, standing on a certain little section of the stage and being pulled down, and three people attack you with clothes, makeup. Uh, I did cheat. The, the witch from the very beginning wore eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wouldn't have time to put those. I love that. <laughs> so that was just magical to me. Yeah. I had the same dresser as Bernadette, who was, boy, I lucked out there. Yeah. Um, I really lucked out with her. She became a pretty. We became very, very close. And one, oh, one more story about just being in the show. Yeah, please, uh, all of them. One morning, I got up and I, I, I wasn't feeling dip top. I knew I had a cold and stuff. So the, uh, my doctor at that time, her, her business was at her apartment. So she said, "Well, here I have some sample pills. These are antibiotics. Make sure you take them." And I took them. Yeah. And I felt just great. I started the show that night. And I did the rap. Yeah. <laughs> greens, greens. And then I got dizzy and totally out of it. And I looked at the baker at Chip and I said, what do you think? 
he laughed so hard. It was like the cartoons of people, you know, characters or doggies shooting off backwards from yeah. a big bark. He shot backwards and landed on his butt. And he said, he, and he was laughing so hard he could hardly speak. He said, weren't you talking about a giant? <laughs> to which I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. And when we exited the stage, he said, are you on that new pill, that new antibiotic? Uh, and I said, yeah. And he said, I had to call, get off the bus going home the other night and call my wife to come get me because he had taken the same drug. Wow. So it obviously, not for a long time, but just enough time to make you go, who am I? Where am I? Someone come help me. But that was, that Did was you... a funny moment. Everybody <laughs> was so stunned. And I'll tell you, it woke everybody up. Yeah. <laughs> Our performances were in the moment. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. And, uh, you know, Joy Franz, when she was on the podcast, she mentioned that she was your understudy and that you had an accident with a staircase or something where she had to go on for a few shows. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Boy, was she happy. She was so happy. She <laughs> all her flowers in my dressing room. I thought, oh, God, well, okay. <laughs> I had a house in Connecticut, and I'd been out to dinner with friends, and I went in the uh, library to watch television. And I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I exited the uh, room, and there were two doors immediately on my right. One went down to the basement. The other door went into the hallway and upstairs. And I opened the wrong door. Huh. I was. It was all dark in the house. It was late. It was real, you know, dark, dark, dark. And both doors were closed. Uh, and I opened the door to the basement, pushed it open, and down I went uh, and landed upside down on the stairs. Oh. And I finally got myself up. It took me a long time and went to bed. Meanwhile, I went, God, I hurt, you know, my shoulder, my arm and everything. And I called a friend the next day and he took me to the emergency room and I'd broken my arm. Mm. Uh, and the doctor and I said, I can. He didn't put a hard cast on. Yeah. He put one of those braces. He said, but don't do the show. You can't. You can't do the show tonight. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had to climb up, you know, Rapunzel's hair and do all that stuff. So, because I've never missed a show. Uh, so this was real hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> to miss the show. But I think I missed two. Mm, oh, that's good. And then Sondheim happened to come back the next night. Not Sondheim, Lapine. Oh, yeah. And came backstage. He said, gee, I thought you'd be better. <laughs> I mean, I was still in agony. Yeah. I, I, my reply was, you're glad I'm, you should be glad I'm here. <laughs> I said, I, actually. Uh, so later I worked with Sondheim again. Ah, I keep saying Sondheim, but of course I do. Uh, Lapine later on a workshop of the new brain. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. They, we did the workshop and he had to leave early because his mother 
I think his mother passed away something and I uh, and then when they finally did a full production, Penny Fuller did it because they didn't want to bring me in. Oh, from you know, California. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Which I wasn't happy about. But again, it's something you go, of course, that makes sense. And Penny's a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and is uh, quite terrific. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, my biggest disappointment. In the, I had two two real big disappointments. <laughs> yeah. The first one I'm going to tell you about put me to bed for a couple of days. I was finally hired to do cabaret. Oh, wow. After Hal Prince had done all these auditions. And finally he called me and said, it's going to be you, honey, and blah, blah. And I'm, to I'm be Sally Bowles. Yes. Uh, and then I called him. It was a Thursday, I think. And I said, oh, God, let me come in and say, you know, I had the music. John Cantor had given me the music. I said, let me come in. Let me come in and sing these for you. And he went, oh, honey, honey, you don't have to. I said, oh, but I really want to. It's so exciting. And he said, no, 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 no. So I went away for the weekend to our house in Connecticut. And when I came back on Monday, my agent called and said, they've hired somebody else. Wow. And the odd thing there was, I knew her. She lived next door to me. And I actually could understand why he thought she was a good idea. (laughs) Uh, But later when they were on the road uh, and she wasn't doing so well, all I heard was he kept changing her wig. And uh, people from the production came down to see me. I was singing at the uh, Plaza Hotel. Mm. And they kept saying, we're working on how, we're working on how. He's just got to bring you in. But he didn't. And I didn't talk to Hal for a couple of years. I mean, we just, we just didn't. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It was, uh, but needless to say, I was disappointed. And again, I was sort of surprised. Uh, It never came up that I could be a replacement. Yeah. Uh, Penny was, Anita was, you know. Yeah. Cohorts and friends. Yeah. Again, they were terrific. I mean, I could I couldn't complain about it. <laughs> and the other disappointment was for applause. Mm. I could not get an audition. Wow. Uh, my agent said they just said no, no, and I was going to go to just show up, you know, on an open call, <laughs> but they said no. And then later, before they. After they'd hired everybody and they were going on the road, I ran into Joe Layton, uh, the choreographer. Sure. And he looked at me, hi, hi, we said hi, and he looked at me and he said, you're so young. Oh. And he said, I, I thought you were too old to do this part mm. because you had already had this wonderful career. Yeah. So that apparently was the reason. And I said, oh, who got the job? And he mentioned this girl. He said, she's quite wonderful she's been in the chorus somewhere and I said I bet she doesn't I bet she doesn't make it to New York yeah and of course she didn't again my friend Penny Fuller was yeah (laughs) but that but it's interesting they would think that I mean it goes back to the first thing I said I mean who would think that the same person shared a role with Mary Martin and Bernadette Peters that's just um it, 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 you could just see that they wouldn't think that you, they wouldn't realize what, what era you were of, you know? Yeah. And also you're so versatile. I mean, you were someone that, um, you know, was really a soprano and started as this ingenue, but you were also this great belter. And I know in a rare part, like with Sondheim, that was probably really useful because when you played Sally and Follies, you had to sing these 
ridiculous high notes in uh, too many mornings and then turn around and belt. Yeah, I had to work, I had to work my butt off yeah. <laughs> to be up to him. Um, cause I hadn't, I, I really hadn't used my voice like that in, in quite a while. So, uh, but you had it. You know, I've heard it on YouTube. You sang those high notes. You sang them beautifully and in, in Buddy's eyes. And and you're a belter also, and that's that's so rare that they probably didn't know what box to put you in. You know, when I first started auditioning, uh, and when they would say chest voice or something, so I, all I did was lower the keys. Uh, I had a wonderful voice teacher. I just sang. You know, yeah. I didn't. I didn't go. Oh, here, here's my loud chest voice. Uh, and now it's kind of annoying. They want they want that high belt. Uh, you know, they want the sound more than the person. Yeah. They want that sound. Uh, yeah. And one of my early, early jobs, which is at the upstairs at the downstairs, mm. which resulted in an article on Life magazine on me. And, uh, you know, they compared me to be Lily, to this, to that. And uh, then I got a call about the Fantastics. Oh, sure. And I couldn't do it because he wouldn't let me out of my contract because the article in Life had just come out, you know, and. Oh, that sure, yeah. Good for business. Totally. So I called the office. I called the office like two or three times and uh, asking if they had anybody yet. And I said, I'm, I have someone I have to recommend. Uh, oh, God, her name just went out of my head. For the original Fantastics? Yes. What was it, Rita, yes. Rita Gardner? Rita. Rita was another woman that I knew very yeah. well. We were always at the same auditions mm. together. And that was the good old days where when you auditioned for a role, it was always in a theater. Mm. It wasn't in a, you know, dreary rehearsal room or anything. It was yeah. in a theater. And I, and I told them, I said, she's always the best one. <laughs> I said, I love her voice and her voice is unique. And I said, she, she as an actress, I said, she's the best one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it had nothing to do. I think they already probably were considering her, but I, I laughed at me trying to fill the role. <laughs> <laughs> you were a team player, Nancy. <laughs> my recommendations, but, uh, and later I did another show with Rita. I mean, I just loved her. Yeah, I, sure. She was, she was very special. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved her singing. Yeah. It's, it's quite a world at showbiz. Yeah. Well, speaking of all those women that were your, you know, uh, colleagues through all that time, I believe still one of your good friends, maybe, as I've heard, is uh, Karen Morrow. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And you guys did that great TV special together. Yeah, and we did concerts together, which were a knockout. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and, you know, we, uh, my husband, excuse me, videotaped one of our performances out here at the back lot uh, you know two women had never performed together before the, it, one it was just very unique uh, and his car was robbed and they st- oh no <laughs> they stole the tapes and we you know on cassette oh. I have a couple of our concerts and I we talk about it to this day <laughs> about taking it to some expert recording person to have them play with the tapes and put it out as a fundraiser for actors. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, we, we've still never done it. I mean, we, we were at the top of our game when we did that. Our voices were, you couldn't stop us. 
Well, truly, I mean, she's got that great kind of like Susan Johnson, Ethel Merman, yes. like just, you know, really operatic belt voice in a way. And you've got this beautiful, beautiful high the belt thing voice. Is her, her uh, if you call it a belt voice, is a beautiful sound. Yeah. Susan Johnson, who was her, she idolized. Yeah. Because, uh, and Karen, very much later in her career, did an opera here, and I did an opera. Well, uh, in Washington, D.C. with the Opera Company. Then I did, we're talking about soprano voices, I did Candide out here. Oh, really? Where I played the old woman, old lady, whatever. And there was a duet, not often done, because usually the, that part was filled by a singer who couldn't sing it. Oh, We Are Women, it right? Like an operatic Yeah, duet. sure. And again, uh, Constance, who was uh, doing Kunagunda, I mean, we we became real good friends, and we, you know, I worked so hard getting my voice going there, and it, yeah. it was a real challenge and really fun. Yeah, uh, and that was a great production. I mean, some good things. Yes, yes, you did. <laughs> Well, so I want to ask you, because because you did seemingly like every show that ever was written, I want to grill you. I, there's some that I've read about you doing. Um, I know that um, we talked about, um, of course, Into the Woods and Follies. And uh, I, I'd love to know what songs you sang in uh, Side by Side by Sondheim. You know, the nice thing about that was they let me choose what I wanted to sing. How wonderful. So I did do, of course, Broadway Baby, Losing My Mind, um, Send in the Clowns, and I put that in my contract. Smart. I got to sing Send in the Clowns. Very smart. Actually, it was the only song I really knew. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember what all else... But those were the main ones I, I, I wanted to do. How wonderful. And once they hired Georgia Brown, uh, they said, you know, she really probably would do Send in the Clowns better. It's more suitable to her age. Yeah. And all of that. And I, I said, and I said, yes. Team but, player. But no, I said yes. <laughs> I'm going to sing it. Go, Nancy. Go. And Georgia was great. She went, oh, honey, please. You know, I'll find something else I want to do. Uh, she was she was fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, so, that was pretty sweet. Speaking of, you know, I don't know if you know this, though. Karen and I auditioned together. No. To do side by side by Sondheim. And we did part of our act for the audition. How perfect. And they loved it. And they wanted us both. But Karen had done a pilot. Oh. And she had to wait to see if it was picked up. So she mm. could not. She couldn't do it. Too but, bad. Uh, um, yeah, that would have been quite a combo. Well, speaking of sending the clowns, it, it worked out great. It worked out so so well. Yeah, with, with our cast, of course. Yeah. Did you ever do any productions of A Little Night Music? No. Not too late. Yes. Or Sweeney Todd, but I did do a concert with George Hearn with the Pittsburgh Symphony. Yeah. And we did a huge clunk of Sweeney Todd. Oh, wow. My husband would laugh. I'd go in the living room and I had a boombox. Yeah. And I had the recording of of the show, Sweeney Todd. Yeah. And that's how I learned it. Just singing along. music. <laughs> but instead of working just with a pianist, I, I wanted to hear the orchestra. Yeah. 
uh, and I worked my butt off. And George Hearn, who is the gentleman of the world, yeah, because uh, I asked him for anything, any info, anything that would help me uh, do better. And he was really darling. He said, "Honey, you're on. You're doing just fine." And it was a it was a great concert. I mean, we did that hunk, and then you know other Sondheim songs individual songs but uh i was thrilled that i at least got to do that yeah was that recorded that and, concert you know i have no idea and i never asked i'm gonna ask yeah i'd like to hear that you and george uh, i would too uh it may have been i'm sure well yeah lucas richmond was actually conducting so mm. I, i'm still in touch with him oh good now yeah. uh Anyone can whistle. That seems like a perfect show for you and Karen to do together. Never, never, never. Never saw it either. So yeah, I'm not familiar with that at all. So what about Gypsy? Nope. Um, Karen has done it. Sure. I was asked to do it. I'm gonna say ten years ago. Maybe sure. maybe it was fifteen for all I know. Yeah. But I thought I can't do it. It's too late. Too late. <laughs> Because I just thought, I really, I don't know if my voice would like it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a long show. You know, it's like almost three hours. Yeah, that's right. She never stopped, so I never... I was always curious about doing it, but I don't know if... How good I would have been in it. Oh, I bet I bet you would have been good. Um, I know you did Bells Are Ringing. Yeah. Yeah. I did that out here. That was fun, too. Yeah. I did that show, too. Yeah. Did you ever do Funny Girl? No, I auditioned for the road company, yeah. the initial road company, but I didn't get it. Uh, no. Hmm. But you know, the recent act I did, which was called My Life Upon the Wicked Stage, I did do, I did a medley at the end, which I said was a salute to Summer Stock. Yeah. Plus it was every show I had ever done. Yeah. And to put this sucker together, this, <laughs> uh, I think it was a minimum of 12 minutes long. Uh, and my pianist, Christopher Marlowe. Oh, sure. Is brilliant. He said, I have to have some sense of a story uh, in order to remember everything. And then yeah. my husband and I, I had all these shows written on cards. I had the title of the show and then the song from the show. And we had them spread out all over. Oh, God. <laughs> but it, it was an amazing Medley. I bet. And uh, people really re responded to it, so it, it, it was really fun. And it was fun going through, like we're doing, all the different shows I'd done. I went, Jesus. Because, you know, while I was still in college, I did summer stock for two years. Uh, where, you know, so already I knew 12, 15 shows. Mm. And, you know, I was, let me think, I was 17. Mm. Yeah. The first summer I did summer stock, and I laughed because that was underage. So the stage managers were always warning everybody to stay away from me that I was GOP. <laughs> Don't you touch her. And I remember they took me out. Of, we had to go down into Chicago because this um, company I was working for was right, out, right outside of Evanston, mm. Illinois. And uh, so we were into Chicago performing, doing excerpts. For, well, I'm not sure what for a big event and then afterwards there was a party and everything and I remember the stage 
couple of stage managers came in and said, get, get out of here, Nancy. You have to go to, you have to, go to your room now. <laughs> <laughs> the next summer I was 18 and I was, I could do what I wanted. Yes. But, uh, and then the next summer we had graduated. I was 19 and I went off to Cohasset, Massachusetts huh. to do summer stock. And I was dancing and singing. Wow. And it was in a theater in the round. And as we all, this was like the, God, third day rehearsal or something. We were all running down the aisle to the stage and the girl in front of me tripped. Oh. So I fell and then people fell on me. <laughs> uh, and we all got up and continued rehearsal. But the next few days I said, gee, my back hurts. It really hurts. And I kept doing can <laughs> Wow. All the dancing and stuff. Finally, I was in such agony and I couldn't, I couldn't sit down. I couldn't do anything. And I called my, who was to be my first husband. I called him. He came up and he had to rent a station wagon so I could lay down. Wow. Uh, and he took me to a doctor and the doctor did some tests. And he said, I always remember this. He said, oh, my darling, you have to go home. He said, you've herniated a couple of discs in your back and you have a crack in your spine, so you have to go lie down. <laughs> Which, being so young and my first yeah. you know, big-time job, uh, they had to build, they built a special wooden seat to put in the plane seat, and I went home. God. And uh, it, my parents put a twin bed mattress on the floor in the living room in front of the TV and there I was for like nine, ten months. Oh, God! And they, my dad was a Navy man so he took me to the Naval Hospital and they, you know, like they said, they they didn't operate then. They didn't do back operations. Yeah. too risky. So they let me have two aspirin at night. So I really didn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I really was in pain. God. And finally got up, and uh, I went back to Northwestern for a few weeks to work with my voice teacher, and then off I went to New York uh, and arrived when it was pouring rain and moved in into a studio apartment with two other girls from Northwestern. Wow. Where was the apartment? <laughs> oh, God, it was on East uh, West 69th Street, right off the park. Oh, lovely. Well, I guess it wasn't so lovely then. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then the uh, our landlord moved us across the street to a one-bedroom, which made a huge difference. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Having a door. You know, I pounded the streets, and I did an opera workshop. Because uh, I sung with the Chicago Symphony. I'd won a contest when I was at Northwestern. Mm. Uh, and talk about wishing you had a tape of this. Yeah. I sang excerpts from Carmen. Wow. <laughs> with the Chicago Symphony. But that conductor was in New York doing a workshop, so I did that. And I, I got a job pretty fast. Uh, I did The Boyfriend, which had been running off Broadway. And I got that job and then went on the road with it. Oh, wow. And then when I came back, I got married. And the night of my honeymoon, uh, the same director called me and he said, can you come in and audition tomorrow? We're going to we're doing a review off Broadway, and I I did. <laughs> I went in and sang over the rainbow or something, and I got this 
job in a show called Diversions for Five Plus One. Diversions for really kicked off my career because I got that's how I got my agent, how I I got such publicity from that show. Because the writer, uh, Steve Vinever, uh, people knew about him already. So, mm. you know, Carl Ryan, everybody came to the show. Wow. I had so many offers from agents, it was a joke. Uh, so that was that was pretty good. And then I went to Upstairs at the Downstairs, and I auditioned also for um, the New York City Opera. Mm. They were doing street scenes. Oh, yeah. And they said, we need a girl that looks 16. And their pianist, I had worked with in stock as a pianist. So he recommended me, and I mm. went and got the job. And I was, I did two or three shows, lighter ones, with the New York City yeah. Opera, Mikado, and that, and one other show, street, street scene. They yeah. Street scene. And, uh, they had me come in and audition every few months because they were they were just about to bump me up <laughs> to more serious roles at the opera company when I said no. No. I wanted to be a Broadway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you knew that, that you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, so, and you were right. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was doing Upstairs and the Downstairs as I was auditioning and rehearsing for the New York City Opera. Mm. So I was doing all kinds of crazy jobs <laughs> yeah yeah i was lucky I yeah was lucky i mean today the business is so different yeah one there's so many more people that want to do it yeah Every university has a music theater program and uh you know your your chances of being noticed are less yeah i mean when we started me and karen i mean we my first uh, serious Broadway auditions were for the chorus. <clears throat> and I remember I did it three times and I went, and I couldn't understand because I didn't understand anything. Yeah. I thought, one audition I went to, I went, why is everyone so old? Uh, and they were, they were more character types, but that's what the show needed. They didn't need me. Yeah. <laughs> but every but every one of those chorus auditions, the stage manager came up to me and he said, you're really terrific. I'm telling my boss about you. Uh, we'll be seeing you again, you know. Mm. So I, I, I got phenomenal feedback. Yeah. And eventually, it all paid off. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, if I'd had my druthers, yeah, and the business had stayed kind of as it was when I started, I would never have gone to LA. No. Uh, I loved my life in New York. Uh, I love the people I worked with. I like my life and uh, the, the business, but. My agent and manager, my father was my manager. He said, you know what's happening now? You have to come out here and get on television. Because even in summer stock, they need people who've been on television to drum up business. Yeah. It's not enough that you're up for a Tony and you did this and that. It's not enough. They need people that they have seen on television. And that was another lucky break. Yeah. <laughs> I, came I mean. Out. I came out and I got too close for comfort uh, right away. Yeah. And I, one of the reasons was I think Ted Knight had seen me in uh, Side by Side. Oh, wow. I think he, and he, I, I was always grateful for this. He read with everybody. Hmm. 
he would always come in and read with people, which uh, is really appreciated. Yeah. You know, rather than just the stage manager or the casting person's assistant. Not yeah. that they're terrible, but... Sure. <laughs> not the same. Actors, <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was great. And I used some television after that, you know, I, but... And you had I done... Talk shows. I would sub for a lot of talk shows around the country after Good Morning America. So that was always fun too, because uh, I did the. They had an AM talk show in LA, and one time they they were going to Japan. Not sure why. Don't remember. <laughs> but the regular hostess couldn't do it, so I got to go to Japan. Yeah, and we just. That was a great experience. And when we checked into our hotel room, too close for comfort, it was on the television. Because they had one channel that showed American shows. That was it. That was it. Yeah. God. Crazy, crazy. Why do you think it is, you know, so many, I think of like other women who have been these sort of iconic TV moms who came also from Broadway musicals. Florence Henderson, Shirley Jones, Felicia Rashad. I mean, Sandy Duncan, Valerie Harper, Linda Lavin, Patti LuPone, Betty Buckley. I mean... It's really like such, it's where they got them, it seems. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, I bet quite often they were seen by the Hollywood people. They saw the shows they were in. And mm. went, hey, you know, they're really good. We should, <laughs> you know, do something with them. Uh, I think it, people who have that skill and talent and uh, to be in a musical, be a, the lead in a, the show, I I think you're special. Yeah. Uh, very special. And yeah. They don't come along every two minutes. Sandy Duncan's a good friend, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were just in New York for a very quick four or five days, and the, our whole purpose of going to New York was to see friends. Mm. So we, had, we saw Sandy and Don, and I worked with Sandy... When she, I'm going to say, I don't know how old she was, 15, 16. Wow. Oh, I was out, I was in Texas, in Houston, not Dallas, doing um, South Pacific. Oh. And she was in that. And then later when I did Carousel at City Center, she was in that too. Anthony's Rainbow that I did there, she was in that too. It's just like uh, a young dancing girl? She had, she had parts in uh, Carousel. She played the daughter. Oh, sure, yeah. And the same in uh, what we were just talking about. Finian's Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we have a long history together, and uh, she's a very gifted woman. Yeah. And my husband directed her in a play. So, uh, yeah, she's. I'm glad I know her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she always kind of picked and chose what she wanted to do. You know, I admired that about her. Yeah. And I'm sorry I never saw her in Chicago because I heard she was... People say she was one of the best Roxies ever. Yeah. 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 Boy, I believe that. Yeah. So, God. Are there any things on Broadway that could still get you back today, do you think? No. (laughs) No. I haven't seen... I I have to confess, I haven't seen that much. Yeah. The one... I hadn't seen, I haven't seen that I wish I had was the one Victoria Clark is in. Oh, yeah, Kimberly Akimbo, sure. Yeah. Uh, but when I look back, I thought, gee, were there many shows that I could have been in? Yeah. Uh, 
And I'm not so sure there were. I mean, what about like Hello Dolly and Mame and stuff? Did those never come Mame up for I'm you? Done. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I bet you were yeah, a great I Mame. Jerry Herman. I was friends with Jerry Herman. I said, this was the most fun to do a part like this mm. and even have a special beaded gown for the curtain call. Mm. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, my friend Juliet Prass that I've mentioned, yeah. she did make a lot. Right. And uh, they were always smaller companies, smaller places. But when I did it in Pittsburgh, uh, they had a huge chorus. Wow. Singers and dancers. Wow. And, the, and they got all the costumes for me from Bob Mackey. They agreed to do that. Wow. And I would furnish all my shoes. Perfect. Good deal. <laughs> It was. I so I show up in Pittsburgh with uh, seventeen pair of shoes for all the elf, whatever. <laughs> and after one one run through doing that, I I put it back to four pair of shoes. Yes. But but they. I mean, when they did the hello, the big number where they for Dolly, I yeah. had, it was so far off stage because the lineup of guys was so long. Yeah, I had to run like a for me. I had to yeah. Oh, Dolly, good God, Nancy. Well, it's a similar song. It's a similar song. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Run like crazy to get in place. Yeah. I I get very friendly with a lot of the kids in the chorus, and I'm still friendly with the woman who directed it. Um, The fun about doing that show was again. I think we had nine days to Mm. rehearse it. Yeah. So the the woman Diana Boffer Brill called me and she said. Can you get a video of it and learn as much of the choreography as mm. you can ahead of time? So there are those people all over the country, you know, who have videos of things. Yeah. And I tracked one down and I'd go in our little den in our house and put it on. And I did. I learned every dance number. I learned the whole show. I mean, wow. Gold, yeah. Which, uh, thank God, you know, I, I did that. Uh, but later, every summer, my husband and I, and I don't know how many years later, it's got to be a minimum of eight. We went down to Florida. Uh, Anne Ryan King had a, a summer camp down there. Yeah. Uh, Broadway Theater Project. And uh, we went down there to teach. And uh, now, of course, I'm trying to think of this actor's name. Handsome Devil. He was in the full Monty. Patrick Wilson. Yes, good for you. <laughs> but he came down as a guest to work with the kids. And, you know, we all went out to lunch and I introduced myself. Hello, I'm Nancy. And he said, don't you remember me? <laughs> and I I knew he looked vaguely familiar, but I said, I, I don't. He said, I held your right cheek when you were singing in Maine. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's adorable. This is so wonderful. I mean, and back to the meme itself, I, I was talking to all the dancers and I said, my God, I said, where are you studying here? Because they were outstanding. Yeah. And they mentioned the name of their teacher and I gasped. And I said, that was our choreographer when I did two, that two summers of summer stock. Oh, you know? Wow. So I called and invited him to the opening. We went to the party and danced. And I thought, this is, this is so special. So special. Because <laughs> he was a phenomenal dancer and choreographer. But obviously, as a teacher, he really was able to get these kids doing everything splendidly. It yeah. Was, it was great. Mm. 
Okay, ask me about other shows I haven't done. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know what? I wanted to pass on a compliment to you because um, a friend of mine saw you in Into the Woods, and he said that you were the only witch he saw that really reveled in the rapping and that he felt that you took it to the full hip-hop like it was like Hamilton, you know, 30 years earlier. Oh, really? Because, you know, uh, this will show my ignorance. I never realized, and they never mentioned it to me, going into the show, that that was considered a rap. Because <laughs> uh, later when I was, I was reading about Ellen Foley. Yeah. And she, that's what she did. I mean, she was that kind of a singer. She could do all that. that yeah. Was part of her talents and gifts. Uh but no one ever said that to me, so I'm really happy. <laughs> you pulled it off. You know, you're like those um, in the was it the Warner Brothers cartoons where they'd go off the cliff and they'd float yes. in midair until someone showed them the gravity book, right? Yes. <laughs> you didn't know you could rap. Um, when I did the final dress for Into the Woods, I did it at 150 percent. I mean, Lapine was just laughing. Yeah, <laughs> That's so I was wonderful. So excited. Uh, I was so excited to be there and be doing it. But yeah, I'd flattered that he thought I was a good rapper. Yeah, well, my friend said it was, uh, he saw them all. He saw you and Bernadette and Felicia and Betsy Joslin. And I don't know if he saw Lynn Foley, but he definitely said you were the best rapper yeah. he saw. And yeah. um, now it's uh, actual rap happens all the time on Broadway. So you were ahead of your time. Oh, good. Yeah. Hamilton, we've seen twice. I just, I could see it over and over again. Yeah, me so too. Me too. Have you seen a new Merrily? I saw it at New York Theater Workshop last year. I'm going to see it uh, in uh, December uh, on Broadway. I'm excited for that. Yeah, because I'm so curious about it. Uh, because the few people I've heard from who have seen it are so moved by it. Yeah. And just can't get over the impact of it, and I thought, God, there, you know, there was. It was always acknowledged that the music was fantastic. Yeah, but that it just didn't work. It was as simple as that. So yeah. I'm so curious, what makes this production so different? Uh, I'm curious too. I don't know that I could put it in words. You know, for me, it doesn't seem that different. It just seems like maybe audiences have caught up with it. You know. Uh, but well, in a way, you know, okay. <laughs> I I will, Nancy. You know, I think in some ways your time in Into the Woods was really the turning point for all of that, where Sondheim was maybe transitioning from being the sort of rebel, you know, uh, outsider in musical theater to becoming really, you know, the acknowledged master in the mainstream. Yeah. And Into the Woods... Well, probably. I mean, that seems to be the case. But you know, I you you are you are that uh, without the without the inability to talk because you you've been so generous talking to me like this. It's so wonderful. Well, this to, is fun. This is really fun, and I will listen. To, I want to listen to all of your. Thank you. Well, I because they're they're interesting. I really appreciate that, and I I'm so thrilled that you gave me this this conversation, and I will um, send it to you, and I'll follow up with you after I see Merrily to let you know how okay. I think. Yeah, uh, you know the scoop. But uh, yeah, and and please let me know your thoughts when you listen to more of the podcast. It, it's so I wonderful will. to get your take. You know, and one last thing about Into the Woods, please. You know, when I came into it, everybody had been doing it a long time. Uh, and everybody went home after the show. Now, yeah. I was in New York alone. My husband was in L.A., though he came in often. Yeah. Uh, 
and I couldn't get anyone to go out <laughs> afterwards uh, because all my career uh, in the theater, I w- was always married, and I always went straight home. I did the same thing, yeah. except on occasion. Yeah. Uh, so Mirren was the one. <laughs> oh. She finally said, come on, honey. And then she, she got a couple of the other ladies, Joy Franz being one and some others. And we, would, we would go out periodically. Love that. Uh, and it was at that point during that show that Marin told me one night, he said, you know, Sondheim said, if I would lose some weight, uh, he had a show in mind for me. Wow. Which was passion. And Marin wasn't fat. No. By any means. But she was a, she was a Midwestern kind of hearty. <laughs> She liked her beer, but she always swam. Yeah, she swam more, and I don't, I don't know what all she did, but she lost the weight, and uh, there she was. There she was, naked, naked, <laughs> naked and beautiful. Um, but I loved her. I loved yeah. Her. God, and then right after that, she met Jason, and uh, and the last time I sang in New York, she came, and I sang. Stay with me. Oh, wow. I bet. Uh, people really reacted to that because she was well enough at that point to go out. Yeah. You know, Jason was working. See, he couldn't be there, but mm. she, uh, I think about her a lot. Yeah. Your Broadway daughter. Yeah. Gone yeah. too soon. Beautiful talent. But you know what? She, oh. she was in the footsteps of the beautiful talent that you have. And we're so happy you're with us still. Thank you. Yep, still going. Still going. I'm telling you, you don't look a bit different. It's wonderful to see you. Thank you for listening to Giants in the Sky, how Sondheim and Lapine went into the woods on the Broadway Podcast Network. Look out for episode 36 with Steve Sakalad, assistant to the set designer. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.